Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, Blade Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Answorth. And we're here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. Today, we have another midterm issue Excuse me, I should probably say midterm edition of the FN Sports Podcast, which is brought to you by MyBookie. Make sure you check out MyBookie.com. Use code FN Sports to double your deposit up to $1,000. You can use all your favorite cryptocurrencies like Ethereum or Bitcoin or whatever coin is out there that I don't know about. All on MyBookie.com. Again, use code FN Sports to double your deposit up to $1,000. Make all your March Madness bets there. My money right now is on the Zags. I say money. Again, teacher here, grading things. Uh, so money is loosely, loosely used. But on this midterm, we are going to look at the March Madness bracket. We're going to look at the Sweet 16 and on. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right. Now, I don't know how you all run your brackets or bracketology with your peoples, but I was once introduced back when I was not so great at filling out brackets because obviously, clearly, people get better at brackets over time, right? 
That's how this works, right? Right? Please tell me so. Anyway, back when I was not so great at filling out brackets, uh, I got to do what was called second chance brackets, where you got to look at March Madness after the Sweet 16 was set. And I think it's a much easier deal to do at that point because some of the chaos is figured out. You rarely see teams that like do a whole lot of upsetting in continuous rounds. It's usually like, you know, St. Peter's has a great first weekend and then something crazy happens afterwards, you know, and, and it all goes downhill. You rarely have the George Masons or whatever that make it all the way to the Final Four. And usually when you have a team like Wichita State that does that, you find out later they have a guy like Fred Van Fleet who's very much a bona fide pro basketball player. So much like last week, we're going to go through all of the Sweet 16 matchups and then also the Elite 8 matchups that would result from those and make our picks here at the FN Sports Podcast. Uh, with that said, uh, I would point out, for whatever it's worth, my ESPN bracket is in the 97th percentile. For the folks at home keeping track of grades, that is an A by everyone's grade book. It's often an A plus, actually, but that's neither here nor there. I am in the top handful of people in both bracket challenges that I decided to sign up for. One is with the school I work at. One is with a bunch of people in Rocket's Twitter. Regardless, um, I, I do feel like I, I lucked into a couple big things that went right over the weekend. Uh, like one of my upset picks was Michigan. That went pretty well. Um, and so anyway, let's dive on through. I'm not going to go through and make picks based on my Sweet 16 because I want to make genuine picks for you to make with your Sweet 16 or with your second chance brackets. I also want to make sure that you have a chance to go to mybookie.com. Again, use code FNSportsW to deposit up to $1,000. And from there, you can get a chance to actually make some money and maybe make up for something that didn't go right the first time. All right, so let's make the picks. All right, just like last time, we're going to go region by region region by region. So we're going to start off in the West, in which you have Gonzaga and Arkansas facing off. I told you all last time, I told you all earlier this season, you can call me swayed by buddy in front of the show, Andy Patton, from the Locked on Zags podcast, but I am very high on Gonzaga. Here's the deal. Gonzaga used to be one of those programs that would make the Elite Eight run when they didn't have top five caliber picks on their roster. Last year, they had Jalen Suggs and got to the finals. This year, they have Chet Holmgren. I'm also going to take them to the finals. We'll talk about walking that way through in a minute, but yes, I'm going to pick them over Arkansas. Yes, Arkansas is very good and rebuilding and will be better next year with the addition of a couple big-time recruits. Yes, Arkansas did very well in a very talented SEC. Yes, they play a very fast-paced style of basketball, so I get why it's an enticing pick, but... This Gonzaga team is built different. They can slow you down, as they did last weekend with Drew Timmy. They can defend the rim with multiple guys, including top five pick Chet Holmgren. They have Nimbard. They have other rotational shooters to come in. I just really, really trust this team, even in the face of a speedy, speedy Arkansas. The other side of the West region has what I feel like will probably be the best game of the Sweet 16. So of all eight Sweet 16 games, I really think Texas Tech versus Duke in the 2-3 matchup in the West region will be the best game. Now, I have to be honest, I picked Tech because I saw them play a lot more. I saw Duke collapse in a couple of big games, and I feel fairly confident with that still. Uh, I just really trust the system that they've built there, even in Chris Beard's absence this year. 
Mark Adams has kept it rolling. Bryson Williams is a 6'8", like 230-pound forward you need to know the name of from Texas Tech. Uh, he's a journeyman of sorts in college basketball these days. Terrence Shannon Jr. is a, you know, I think he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guard that really helps run that team on the floor too. Very much a coach on the floor type of guard. I really, really like Texas Tech. Now I will say, well, I'm still going to pick them because it's always nice to pick the three of the two and get that one right. I can completely understand if people pick Duke after watching them the first weekend. Uh, I just wrote a piece for BellyUpSports.com about people that could get picked by the Rockets in the first couple of picks. I thought Paolo Banchero was you know, as impressive as any individual player in the first round, first two rounds. I also felt like Duke, when it, like the going got tough, we finally saw them also get tough in a way that we hadn't seen them in like a couple of months, right? During ACC play, we saw that ACC is fairly talented. They got a couple teams in the Sweet 16, uh, but during ACC play, we didn't see that out of Duke, and that's why I didn't pick them in the first place. I still trust Tech. I'm still trusting the majority, the bigger sample size. This is a one-game sample size, and so I'm not going to fault people for picking Duke. Again, I think this is going to be the best game of the Sweet 16. I'm taking Tech. Call me a home state guy. My dad's from Lubbock, yada, yada, yada. Got ties to Tech, but I will say I'm taking Tech because of what I saw on the floor throughout the year, but that was a tough one. All right, so staying within the West region, we're going to see that the two Sweet 16 matchups I'm projecting would yield a Gonzaga versus Tech Elite 8 game. Uh, if that's what happens, would also be a great Elite 8 game. I would pick Gonzaga for a couple reasons. One, they've got the easier Sweet 16 game, so you're talking about 48 hours later. I think that is going to help in a situation like this. We saw guys wear out on the second set of games last weekend. This is now the second set of games this weekend, and Gonzaga having the easier first game, I think, helps them. The other thing I'll say is, uh, for better or for worse... While Tech is a great unit, and Tech has some great units, their individual players aren't the same kind of individual players as Gonzaga has. They don't have a Drew Timmy, they don't have a Chet Holmgren, and I really, really trust that down the stretch of these close games. Right When you get to a close game like this, in the Elite Eight, it doesn't really matter what set you run. At some point, you got to have a guy that goes and gets a bucket. I think Holmgren can likely do that tech only really has one guy over six eight on the roster that gets it's really on the roster i should say he's a freshman that didn't get a whole lot of clock i i don't know how to deal with the duality of post that gonzaga offers and timmy and holmgren are both the guys that they'll be going to to get that bucket down the stretch um could be a fun close game it's a very tough region i'm still picking gonzaga to the final four out of that region all right, as much talent as there was in the West region, uh, not to throw too much shade, the East region kind of has the opposite because it had so many upsets in the early stages of the tournament. You've got North Carolina versus UCLA in the 8-4 matchup because, again, North Carolina upset Baylor in the 8-1 matchup. Um, I understand Carolina's a fun story. I was super impressed by them against Baylor. Uh I would not be surprised if they made this a game and beat UCLA. This is a tough pick. But I am going to go with UCLA because, well, I picked Baylor to win this game. And you're like, well, if you picked Baylor, wouldn't you pick the team that beat Baylor? 
I see the experience in UCLA having just been to the final four a year ago. Uh, and frankly, it was a crazy Gonzaga shot away from getting to the finals a year ago. I think that will matter at points in this, in this game where North Carolina has a much less uh, North Carolina has much less experience. And you're looking at a team that it's not that they're a bunch of young kids relative to UCLA, but they haven't been in these moments in the same way. You're also looking at a North Carolina team that, and I think this matters in the tournament where you're looking at upset teams, that had a great first weekend, had a few days back at campus where they all got pat on the back throughout the week, and is now out here having to play UCLA that did not get those same pats on the back. right? UCLA was expecting to be here in a way that while you know I predicted St. Mary's in an upset, whatever I was on the WCC Kool Aid. Thanks, Andy Patton again. Um, <laughs> UCLA expected to be here, and every since the word, they were the better seed, they're the four seed, and they were here a year ago. Back to the basketball side of though, as opposed to the anecdotal side of things. Um, Carolina has and plays and utilizes a lot of sophomores, a lot of young basketball players, right? Uh, they also, as far as like size of guys go you know, are, are on the shorter side. They've got like a 6'10 and a 6'11. They really kind of are more of the stockier, shorter post type of guys. Then you go to UCLA. UCLA UCLA has Johnny Juzang and Jaime Jaquez. And I think that that's worth mentioning because those guys are both technically juniors, but have been through the thick of it last year. They also have uh, Tiger Campbell as a, as a floor general. They got Miles Johnson, who gets his 20 minutes inside and bangs a lot inside. I, I trust what they're doing. I also feel like, again, much like that Elite A matchup we just talked about, when it comes time to get a bucket, we saw the Johnny Juzang thing a year ago. We've seen Tiger Campbell get them good shots a year ago. And throughout this season, too, he had a great, great season if you're watching Pac-Cola basketball. Uh, I really would lean on them. Not in a blowout. I get why you're not picking that after watching North Carolina beat Duke at the end of the regular season and, and last weekend against Baylor and so on. But I still feel like I trust the favorite here. Uh, so the white jerseys move on. UCLA out of that matchup. Now, the other side of this is fun because it's St. Peter's and Purdue, but I'm picking Purdue. And, and I don't mean to like dismiss anything St. Peter's has done. Right, St. Peter's is a ton of fun, and I get all that. But Purdue and Jaden Ivey, is a whole different beast, right? This is a very dominant team. Um, obviously, a projected top five pick. And I think there's something to some stuff they did against Texas that they didn't even necessarily mean to do, right? So a lot of what they do is based on having this giant 7'4", 265 guy named Zach Eady inside. And that sucks up the defense, sucks up the offensive rebounds, sucks up the defensive rebounds. Go, go box out and get all over this guy. And that opens up things like Ivy shooting threes from deep. Stefanovic, uh, Newman, guys get get open shots because the defense collapses in. They He kicks it out. They swing around the horn. Someone gets an open shot. What happened against Texas was Zach Eady gets in foul trouble, which then means they bring up backup big, a senior, bigger, stronger guy, 6'10", 265, both 265, but or I guess I'm actually reading that wrong. Uh, Eady's 285. But anyway, Trevion Williams comes in as a like traditional like senior college-style big man, back-to-basket, shimmies, post-moves, whatever. And maybe in the couple Purdue games I watched this year when I was watching Ivy to try and get some scouting kind of stuff out of him, 
or whatever. Maybe Trevion Williams just didn't play a lot in those games. I was tremendously impressed by the stuff he did against Texas. And if they can get that out of him in this game, I don't know what St. Peter's can do. Because St. Peter's won't have the type of athlete that can hang with Zach Eady. They're going to have to flock to him. right? They also, in looking at their roster only have one guy over 220 pounds to try and deal with Trevion Williams as well. That's a really bad matchup. Now, that guy, obviously, is going to have to try and stick one of these bigs, but can Clarence Rupert at 6'8", 245, really hang with both of them? Again, this is a freshman big man at St. Peter's, and the Peacocks are a fun, fun story, but I don't think they hang with Purdue on the inside let alone that Jaden Ivey is a bona fide pro on the outside. Now, did they just play a pro in Kentucky? Yes. Did they just play bigs in Kentucky? Yes. Could they win this game in a one-game sample type thing? Absolutely. The coach is a fun story. I, I love that he's pointing out things like we're not scared because, frankly, that's exactly what he's supposed to say. <laughs> um, but whatever the case may be, Shaheen Holloway is going to be a great coach, and it'll be Nice to see him after either building this program up or whatever, getting a real shot somewhere else. But just like I don't think that they beat Kentucky more than a couple times out of 100, I can't realistically pick them to beat Purdue. I'm picking Purdue. All right, so that means that our matchup in the Elite Eight out of the East region is going to be Purdue and UCLA. Now, For what it's worth, I had Baylor beating Kentucky in this game. So maybe you don't want to take my advice at all on the East region. Um, This is the the fourth that I got the most wrong. It's also the fourth with some of the bigger upsets. In looking at the current matchup, UCLA-Purdue, I'm going to take Purdue. Because again, I think that duality, just like I mentioned against St. Peter's, where they have the inside and the outside, will be a big, big factor against UCLA. UCLA has some size and fun and those kind of things against North Carolina, but how are they going to cover that duality, the back and forth of you have to have one coverage for when Edie's in the game and one coverage for when Travion Williams in the game, much like the Gonzaga matchup in the Western region. I also think Purdue gets the easier first game, and that has to do something with your legs by that second game. And so I'm going to take Purdue in this one. Maybe it's because I really like Jaden Ivey and really would like to see him in a Rockets red uniform. I also like to see Chet Holmgren in a Rockets red uniform. Who knows? Uh, But I'm taking Purdue in that one. All right. In the South, and it probably makes sense that I know something about the South. I got all four teams that are in the Sweet 16 in my bracket here. I got one Arizona, five Houston, 11 Michigan, and two Villanova. Yes, I picked Juan Howard and Michigan to make the upset there, and it paid off. Uh, Anyway, as I look at this, uh, as much as I want to say University of Houston, I was thoroughly impressed by Arizona's play in the first weekend, especially in a tough, tough game against TCU. Now, you could argue that they should never gotten to that tough, tough game against TCU. It should have been a much more blowout type situation, but I'm going to pick Arizona, and I really, really want to emphasize that the thing that stuck out for me at the end of the game, aside from the fact that TCU probably should have gotten the call right before the buzzer and not have to go, had to go to overtime because they shot free throws, the thing that stuck out to me about that, after besides all of that, is... Ben Mathurin. Uh, ben Mathurin, you know, I'm sure I'm Mathurin, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering the name over and over again because I only watched a handful of Pac-12 games. And honestly, most of those Pac-12 games were UCLA uh, just because I was trying to figure out if the Tuesday thing was going to work out again. But 
Arizona is very, very real. This guy is a ball player. Now, on the season, he shot 37% from three. He shot very poorly against TCU. But I think what's more important against TCU was when it got ta- when it got down to like time to figure out how they were going to find a way to win that game, the answer was get the ball to Ben Metherin, right? He said, I got this. We'll win this game. I can do this. We're riding my coattails. They got the game to overtime, dominated in overtime. TC ran out of gas. I don't know who you pick out of TCU in Houston. I imagine Houston wins a game against TCU like 9 out of 10 times. I still think that that matters, though, the Matherin stuff versus TCU because he's going to have those moments against Houston, and we've seen him do it. Could Marcus Sasser like get hot for Houston and give you a 30-piece and become unguardable and what... Yeah, sure. He can shoot the lights out. He's a fast point guard, a fun point guard, like a very traditional college point guard. He's a junior and all those kinds of things, right? I guess those things could happen for Houston. Kelvin Sampson is a coach that, whatever you think about him, he has been there before. And when he's on the floor coaching, he's very, very good and talented. I'm taking Arizona. Again, this is the 316. I understand why that'd be a little challenging for some. I understand people wanting to pick an upset here. But I've got one for you in a second. On the other side of this, we got Michigan versus Villanova. Uh, my upset dog I've been riding that came through has been Michigan, and here's why. I don't necessarily know that this Dickinson guy is going to be a great pro, but he is sure as hell a great college player. And in the tournament, I think that matters. Dickinson is 7'1". He's 255. He makes a third of his threes. And I think what's important is, while he did seem to wear out at different times in their uh, round of 32 matchup, it was important to me that Michigan knew he had to touch the ball whatever possessions they needed. Like when it was down the stretch in the second half, we got to get a bucket every time down. He touched the ball. He might not have shot the ball. He might have touched the beginning of the possession and the defense you know, rotates and whatever, and they puncture and this, that, and they get him out of rotation. Whatever the case may be, he touched the ball. I think that's the kind of thing that a player coach with Juwan Howard's experience understands, both in his playing career and that he played, he was that guy in the late in his career, he played with so many of those guys, but also because much like the 7-1 Dixon, Dickinson, I'm sorry, much like the 7-1 Dickinson, he was that guy. He wasn't just the guy that had touched the ball, he was the big man that had to touch the ball. And I think that's important, right? I think it's important that he understands how to orchestrate that kind of an offense through that kind of a guy. Now, does that mean that Eli Brooks, right, the senior guard, he's a foot shorter, is going to be somehow less important? No. Any guard that wears 55 in the senior in college playing at this level of basketball, and what's he getting, like 35 minutes, 36 minutes a game? Yeah, 36 minutes a game. Jeez, that's almost a whole game. Um, Yes, he will be important. But I'm telling you right now, Dickinson is going to be a different maker against Villanova. The best they can do is put someone who's like 6'9 on him that's given up a couple inches. Um, they they obviously will have an advantage in the guard play. I They always do. Right? It always feels like Villanova's got great guards. Um, Villanova's also been there before. Frank Wright's also been there before. And let me tell you, folks, as a high school basketball coach in, ten, in Texas that saw this kid from Amarillo going to Villanova, they're getting a good one in house next year, too. But I digress. Dickinson will control this game. Juwan Howard will make sure that Dickinson controls this game. And I'm picking Michigan over Villanova as well. And I'm telling you, you should too.
All right, in the Elite Eight matchup in this fourth of the bracket, um, it gets a little more challenging because I want to keep riding this upset that I picked correctly. However, the rational side of me knows that unlike Villanova, Arizona will have some more size to deal with that size in Michigan. I also think at some point the just general talent level has to matter. Uh, I don't think Villanova is as talented as Arizona. I think Arizona has, again, Matherin's going to be a pro. I, I think that that's, that's worth looking at here. I'm going to take Arizona going to the Final Four. I I really like riding Michigan to this point. I just also got to know when to get off the wagon there. So I'm hopping off. I'm going to the Arizona, heading the Final Four out of the South region. All right, and looking at the Midwest, we have Kansas versus Providence and Iowa State versus Miami as the two Sweet 16 games. Uh, Kansas Providence, I'm taking Kansas for a number of different reasons. Uh, Kansas is obviously very, very talented and a historic program. Bill Self is always flirting with the Final Four, it seems like. But Kansas this year is even a little more different. Ochai Abaji is this like traditional Kansas guard. And by tradition, I mean Kansas doesn't get the one and done the same kind of way other programs do to be successful. He came in, he got registered, he got eight points again the next year, 10 points again the year after that. This year, he's up to 19.3 points per game. He is a baller. He will be a pro, but he is a traditional Kansas type of guard uh, that can really, really score the basketball. What makes this Kansas team different is that that traditional Kansas guy is a 6'5 guard. Kansas, for whatever reason, usually has like the 6'9 post doing that kind of stuff, but they got a 6'5 guard and Abaji doing it. Uh, also worth pointing out that they got Christian Braun, who is a junior guard, getting 14.5 points per game, uh, shoots the lights out the ball, 40% from three kind of guy. Uh, I, I think that that's worth mentioning too. And a tournament that always seems to get dominated by perimeter play. I know I just picked Dickinson of Michigan, da da da, perimeter play. But in a tournament that always seems to have important perimeter players, a school that always seems to do well has two very talented, very good perimeter guys. Even though you think, again, of Kansas as the guy, place that will have big guys like Joel Embiid, big guys like Azubuki, right? Uh, they had the Morris twins. Like You think of them as having the big bodies. This year, they've got the guards, and I think that that's going to matter in this one. So I'm picking... Kansas. On the other side, you got Iowa State and Miami. Uh, to be fair, in this game, I had Wisconsin and Auburn. That's the other misses I had. Uh, I'm going to ride with Miami here. I was really, really impressed by Miami's ball pressure out of their guards, uh, both Isaiah Wong and Cameron Mogusti. I thought really, really did a great job of applying pressure at the point of attack and moving laterally with what I would have assumed were higher caliber athletes than Iowa State's going to roll out. I guess that may not be fair to the Iowa State guys, both Power 5 schools, but I really thought, you know, while Auburn's guards were kind of their hindrance, I really, really was impressed by the way Miami took advantage of that. I also have to say that there's something to this idea that, like, Isaiah Wong took it at a pro big man, Jamari Smith, and Jabari Smith, and is not scared. He, they're, not, they're not scared at the moment here. Where, like, as much as it's been fun to watch the Iowa State program grow in the Big 12, and the Big 12 is a great basketball conference, there's been moments where that program has kind of shied from the limelight, even if they have like a big, big Monday game by the next weekend, they're kind of out of the 
picture again. And and maybe that's program bias or whatever. I I think it's worth mentioning that that I I don't get that fear from this Miami team. They're ready for this moment. I'm taking Miami over Iowa State in a game that I had neither one playing in. So I you know take that with a grain of salt here. I think I've gotten a lot of these right, but it's worth pointing out that I didn't have either one of those right. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm taking Miami. I would recommend you do the same because, after all, Isaiah Wong is just a fun guy to watch play basketball. Now, in Kansas versus Miami, uh, we have both sets of great guards matching up. I am going to take Kansas. I, I think pros matter. I also think it's worth pointing out here that in doing more research on Miami because I didn't know I was going to talk about Miami this much in the tournament, um, Miami has had an up-and-down season. They dropped games to teams like Dayton, but they also beat teams like Auburn. Uh, they they drop games that they probably shouldn't drop to like I don't know Florida State right like, like those kinds of things. Florida State at home's bad. Um, I I think that it's you see that happen and then you get to but they also like beat Auburn and they also uh, played Virginia Tech very close and we saw Virginia Tech's run that they were on at that point. They all you know I I think the up and down there is hard to gauge but they've been up for a while and if they're an up and down team and they've been up for a while. And I think that the pro guards are with Kansas anyway. I think I think it's just time to pick Kansas out of that one. So my final four out of your second chance bracket and second chance means you come back to Sweet 16, you do it all over again. My final four would be Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona, and Kansas. Now, worth pointing out that in my original bracket, Kansas-Auburn was a coin flip. I had Arizona, I had Gonzaga, and I had Baylor beating Kentucky, and now that one of those are there. So I, I think it's worth pointing out that like some of that for me is easy because it still carries over, but that's neither here nor there. That's the matchups I'm going with. Uh, next week on the midterm, we'll talk a little bit more college basketball, but that's it for today. Okay, Parker, so the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, that was another edition of FN Sports. I hope you enjoyed the midterm. I hope you feel like you can now go off and make your great second chance bracket picks and have a great time and maybe make some of that money back 
at my bookie. Make sure you use code F in sports to double your deposit up to a thousand US dollars. They take all your different bitcoins and things like that. Um, so go check them out at mybookie.com. Use code F in sports, get W deposit up to a thousand dollars. Again, thank you all for listening to the show. You can find me and my personal stuff at Painsworth512 on Instagram and Twitter. It's at P A I N S W R T H 512 on Instagram and Twitter. You can come bark at me about how all these takes are all horribly wrong and I lost you a bunch of money or whatever. If you win some money, maybe come at least like pat me on the back or whatever. I, I don't know. It'd be nice to be nice on. Twitter. Uh, you can find this show on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. That's at F underscore N underscore sports. And on Twitter, we're at F in sport two. That's F I N S P R T S number two. All one word on Twitter. In both of those social medias, you go to the link in the bio. Once you go to that link in the bio, there's a whole link tree of all kinds of different things, including all of our sponsors, like my bookie, who sponsors this midterm podcast as well as a link to our merch store. We have a different t-shirt or hoodie or whatever every month. And this month we're giving out orange hoodies, selling, I should say, orange hoodies and t-shirts. All proceeds go to Planned Parenthood Greater Texas. So make sure you go grab a hoodie or a t-shirt, support a great cause, and the show. Other ways to support the show. After listening to this, thank you for listening. You can make sure you download, rate, subscribe, review, do all those wonderful things. Do it on a couple different platforms. Make sure you let us know where you, all the different places you like to listen to the show. And whatever you do, when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.